I'm Laura Linney, and this is Masterpiece Classic. This week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we start listening to our fan recommendations. We asked you what Downton Abbey episodes you wanted us to revisit, and you told us Season 1, Episode 5, most famously known for The Flower Show. So, let's get into it. We are back. Feels so good. Feels so good, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> it's fan love season here at the Lord to Grant the Podcast. We're doing it for you guys. I know you missed us talking about Downton, and <laughs> here we are again, back at the premises. I know. This was uh, this was fun. I mean, before we even get into it, uh, we asked our fans to submit some episodes that they wanted us to revisit, and... While we didn't get the greatest response, and understandably so, people have a lot going on in life right now. There's a lot to think about, so random Downton episodes or, are not Or they're probably thinking, priority. or they're thinking, didn't you guys already cover that show? Didn't you already do it once? <laughs> hey, people people want the coverage. Yeah, so no, we're bringing it back. We did. So we were suggested by our friends in the Lords of Grantham Lounge, the old Patreon bonus perk, to revisit season one, episode five. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to do this while we can. I don't know how much longer we have, Dave, because I think in the latest round of Downton News, there's a bombshell. Yeah, I found out today when I clicked play on the episode, Mm -hmm. it's leaving Amazon Prime next Saturday. Yeah, in North America on June 6th. June 6th. Oh, yeah, that's right. Down Abbey will not be on Amazon Prime. Uh, I don't know where you, in the rest of the world, if that's the same case or whatever, but... Since 2013, Downton Abbey has been on Amazon Prime. So if you wanted to stream it and catch up, that was your way of doing it. And we don't know where it's going. Yeah, so I think we had this grand, not necessarily grand plan, but we had a sort of lob ball plan to ride Downton a little bit before we we jumped back into the crown or made our next decision. And we may have to accelerate whatever that decision is. Well, I mean, this is also maybe the time for us to dip into our Patreon funds. You know, this is the reason that we have them probably to, to purchase sets of down to, to watch at the beck and will of our listeners. That's true. But if we want to ask our fans to revisit episodes with us and it's not freely streaming. How can they do that? Yeah. So we we'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not been widely reported, and it doesn't seem like there is any news out there of where it will wind up. And I only have a couple inclinations of where it could appear down the line, which is... Down the line is the scary part, because we do a lot of coverage for the... Even if it's not regular, I'd like to know where it's going to be soon. So it would... I think either Amazon renegotiates to bring it back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll happen because there has to be a reason they're pulling it off in the first place. Uh, either the, I don't think the viewership has declined because the movie came out last year. There had to have been a bump and everything. It's probably either a it became too expensive and it, the viewership didn't merit it or whoever is invested in Down Abbey has their own streaming service that they want to take it to. And 
as we know, the film just surfaced on HBO. HBO. Right. So is there a world that HBO Max wants, Downton Abbey? So yeah, I think there's two scenarios. I think HBO Max maybe where where Downton ends up and not only does it have the movie, they have BBC's Pride and Prejudice on there and I'm not sure how much of the BBC investment they have on there. I, there's a couple shows, I think, from BBC that are supposed to be on HBO Max. So that leads me to think like, okay, maybe, but maybe they'll be investing in British content. But the thing is, Down Abbey's not a BBC production, right? It's, isn't it? I'm not, well, we do know that HBO also has a part ownership or a stake in nope. Sesame Street, well, which yeah, is on Street. PBS. Yeah. So maybe there's some kind of PBS goodwill going on between HBO Max and Downton. I, no, I really, I, I think that's one scenario where maybe they, they do, but it's more than likely not the case. What I think is actually likely uh, is, well, the movie was distributed distributed by Universal uh, through Focus Features. And one of the production companies, one of the three companies that are invested in the, the creation of Down Abbey one of them has a part ownership extending from Universal. So I think there's a scenario where this could be a boon to their Peacock streaming platform that's coming down the pipe. Oh, (laughs) boy. So, Dave, I pose that question to you. With the strength of The Office and Downton Abbey and the Fast and the Furious franchise, Jurassic Park, would that be enough for you to go in on Peacock, yet another streaming service? Well... I own all the Fast and Furious movies on Blu-ray, so that's not a driving force for me. Okay. Um, Same with Jurassic Park. Um, The Office, I'm not an Office binger. I know a lot of people are. Yeah. But I'm not like a rewatch stuff that I loved originally binge guy. Me neither. Downton could push me into warranting buying it. (laughs) Yeah, we have to. Or subscribing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I try to get the most value out of my streaming services as it is. So Mm -hmm. I think I would try to find something there. Yeah. On top of Downton Abbey. I mean, I know PBS has a small stake. So, like, maybe the only way to watch it is old episodes somehow surfacing on PBS. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it would be the best case scenario would be it just somehow miraculously winds up on Netflix and then everyone just comes to us afterwards like, wait a second, there's a podcast covering the show. It's like, yeah, listen up. Yeah, this uh, some 10-year-old episodes. <laughs> yeah, this ragtag uh, bunch of episodes here. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's that's the shakeup in the, in the, the Downton world. What, anything else going on, Dave? Um, I will just do a little shameless self-plug right now. Uh this Saturday, May 30th, mm-hmm. I'm taking part in one of these live stream concerts. And what time is that in Eastern time? This is it's 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Okay. Uh, I don't know exactly where it's going to be streaming, but it's for the acoustic. It's a venue in Bridgeport, Connecticut that's been struggling through COVID. So Can't have shows, can't serve food, can't serve booze. This is your band, Tempest so, Edge, correct? It's... It's. I don't know if it's the full band. I know I got a text asking if I wanted to go and play. It's. It's this. It's a lot of different people. So there's going to be a house band. So where, where are you going to be gonna playing? We're going to come and go. Are you going to be playing in like in a, in a, a warehouse or something? No, we're playing at the venue, the acoustic. There's just nobody, no crowd. Right. So it's just going to be very empty. <laughs> so it'll be like watching wrestling. Is there just going to be like any other? one light hanging above you that's swinging <laughs> as you play? No, I, I think they they have their uh, a sound guy and a lighting guy. At least some basics because okay. it seems to be. 
there's the house band has five people in it. Okay. And there's a bunch of different other groups that are going to be coming and going over the course of the night. So. All right. And you are you going to be playing? You know, are you going to be playing with a mask on? Um, I'm not sure if I'll probably have the bandana. Okay. Just so I can do easy up, easy down if I sure. if I'm in my zone. I think it's a big stage, <laughs> so hopefully I won't need it. Just, just scope it out before you go there. <laughs> I mean, I've been there many times. Yeah. It's a great place and. You know they're going to be taking donations, but if even if just eyes on the product is is all we need. So if you're right. listening to this the day or two after it comes out, Saturday May thirtieth, it starts at seven. It's either going to be on the acoustic Bridgeport mm-hmm. uh, Facebook page or John Hollywood Acoustic. Oh, okay. Facebook. All right. So keep, keep your eyes open for that. And I'm not going to be on all night, but yeah. I'll be coming and going. So if you like like '90s post-grunge alternative hard rock that's the kind of stuff i mean we know our downton core audience loves mm-hmm. we're doing a ensemble tribute to chris cornell and i know <laughs> everyone's favorite crossroad everyone with loves down abbey <laughs> loves soundgarden and audio slave well and, i mean uh, it's not that far removed all you gotta do is just say he sang the james bond theme once james bond is british down abbey there you go <laughs> boom uh, yeah, we've kevin baconed our way from my band to down the podcast but it's just funny when you say you know you're, you're doing this you know this for charity and everything and like i've listened to so many podcasts that are doing good things for the world and stuff like that and some listeners may be thinking why don't you do something guys and it's like we're too small time for that the amount of money we would raise if any would be just peanuts whereas what you're doing right now is probably the best way for you to raise any money for a good cause yeah i mean we can just say what everybody else says support your local businesses donate to where you feel comfortable donating yeah i don't like telling people to donate to something that that i believe in that they might not not know a thing about unless there's some incentive that's fair all right well we're we're running a little bit long yeah i think people be charitable if you can but let's get to down yeah we're back season one episode one yep infamous this what what do you mean infamous infamous (laughs) explain that this is a this is a big episode. The flower show is a big deal. So that's the one thing is, okay, we remember this as the flower episode. This episode has so many things that we have called back to many times. This but, episode, one thing that I noticed rewatching this was, it doesn't resolve much, but it's either planting the seeds or we have these subplots in their infancy. Yeah, this is like one of the I don't know how to put it, but like. The essentials. One of the essentials of everything that you like about Dan and every memorable thing that happens really surfaces in this episode. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. It, it really is a, more of a touchstone for the rest of the series and maybe some other episodes because, yeah, there's just a lot going on here that you just remember fondly from season one, just encapsulated here. Every time they make reference to like, oh, this guy is going to come over or do you remember this that happened? It's like, oh, yeah, I do. Right, right. Uh and everyone's so fresh faced too. Everyone looks younger in this episode. Oh my good. They look so young. They look like babies with, with like, you know, just chubbier faces, all of them. I do think Dockery is the one that has aged the least. Really? I thought she looked but way I, younger in this episode, bro. She, yeah, she, well, she's got like I, when I say chubby cheeks. Everyone's got chubby cheeks, which is great. Yeah, um Laura Carmichael definitely looks like she's like 12. Yeah, yeah. Um but just starting at the top Hearing that theme again to my ears, it's great. The theme music yeah, never gets old. Is, it's one of the few skip intros that I won't hit. But 
it really stands out all the more. Like this is the most dramatic music, really uh, portending something's like crazy going to happen. And the biggest thing that happens in this episode really is a flower show. So it's like this dramatic music, and that is not at all this episode. <laughs> it's funny. Be- I don't know if I've critically listened to the theme song since we were at the live special. Uh-huh. When they ha- when John Lund described like the the process of of writing the the song mm-hmm. about how it's supposed to be like Mr. Bates showing up on the train. Yeah, that's what the piano line is. The is supposed to be reminiscent of of a train moving. Yeah, and I was like, okay. They really let this one pilot dictate <laughs> this tone of this show forever. Not to say it's an incorrect tone, right? But it is. It is refreshing to hear a good theme that's short and sweet because English Game had like a a note, mm-hmm. and then the Crowns was way too long. Right. This is ju- just perfect. Yeah. But I mean, I guess the episode does start off serious enough because I forgot this is episode where Daisy thinks there's a the Downton is haunted. Actually, this is one of multiple episodes, right? There's other episodes where she thinks it's haunted. Yeah, there's a Ouija board episode as well. Right. Is there another one where she thinks there's a ghost in there? <laughs> there's definitely, well, the, there's this one and the Ouija one comes in season two or three. It's because it's after it's a Christmas w- special, William is dead. Yeah. Season two Christmas special? I think so. Yeah. Uh, but oh yeah, that's right. We we rewatched that. It's funny because our uh, twice. Uh, Estelle and the Lords of Grantham Lounge was like, do these episodes, and they were all episodes that we have already revisited, and then we're like, we're not going to do that again. We just watched that, and here I am forgetting these plots. I guess so. we got a, a fourth time is a charm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could have swear there's another one where she thinks it's haunted, but yeah, it's because this is they're they're cleaning the room where Kamal Panmuk <laughs> got pooped. That's right. He got spooked and left our world. <laughs> And I like the the flashback. Yeah, that that stood out to me too. Like, how often does Downton employ flashbacks? And here, here we're seeing it in Daisy's mind. Yeah, we just see her like staring, and then it goes like, Ka-kung! and then we see them moving the body, and then, then it's back. And she's back. She's still staring, like like she saw a ghost. Um, what what a weird, what a funny thing. We're just like uh, Julian's just like we need to involve Daisy somehow. Oh yeah, she saw the body moving in the night, and she's young enough to believe ghosts are real. <laughs> Even though Daisy she, just gets the wrong end of the stick in this episode overall. Imagine telling she's a twenty-five year old. Uh, she was twenty-five years old at the, the time of this filming, or twenty-four going on twenty-five. Imagine trying to imagine in, in ghosts like a child would at that age, Which, and, and she's supposed to be like a wayward child, right? <laughs> Kudos to, to what's it, O'Shea? What's her name? Uh, Sophie Sophie McShara. Yeah, 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 Sophie. Kudos to her acting. She, well, yes, she is very good. I guess. <laughs> like Daisy, Daisy is never not Daisy. That's the one of the good things about the character is she's pretty consistent throughout the whole show. She's a child until she gets an education, and then she's like got. Great. Yeah, she's like education. a teenager who just listened to Imagine by John Lennon <laughs> for the first time. Right. Exactly. But I mean, we can tease out the rest of her story this episode. I mean, she uh, she's a little spooked of what's going on in the house, and um, O'Brien uses it to her advantage, right? She, she tells yeah, she tries to yeah. Th- this episode reminded me, and I feel like all these revisiting remind me why I hate O'Brien. Also, younger than I thought. I I, I mean, we shouldn't be discussing people's ages. It's inappropriate. Forty three. She's forty three. When filming this, at the time of the yeah, the well, she does definitely look younger. They make her, and, and, 
they make her look older than than, than she is. I feel like. Yeah, she's got she got good skin. Yeah, but she has the 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 hair of the right older person. Yeah, but uh, yeah, she's in full effect of like hate 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 this episode. <laughs> you, you don't she doesn't want you to like her. Yeah, and this is straight up heel Barrow for sure. It reminds me a lot. I mean, we keep bringing it back, but a lot of wrestling where when a wrestler goes bad, they do everything to really make you hate them, and then yeah, they, they wearing a suit. Yeah. And then they do enough bad things where you come come around to actually liking that they're doing bad things. But we're still right here, full firmly in. These are bad people doing bad things. Yeah, like this, they're getting the easy, they're, they're getting the cheap heat in this episode. Right. So she's manipulating Daisy to tell Edith what she thought she had seen. Uh, that that night. scene is is. I don't get how the upstairs don't hate. O'Brien. Well, they don't know where it's coming from. O'Brien's one yeah, feeding. She's the one feeding Edith information that you know Edith doesn't dis- disclose where it came from. But it, you know, Edith, I'm sure appreciates in the moment what O'Brien's doing for her, giving her some yeah, intel. Yeah, but on they Mary. definitely know how manipulative she is and that she's a gossip. Yeah, they don't know. So why would they complain? No, they do know. I think. Do they though? If Robert knows about Barrow. They know about well. Barrow's hi- harder reputation. to hide, I think, maybe than than O'Brien. I don't know. Look at O'Brien and tell me that's not a that's that's a heel. She's wearing a suit. She changed her entrance music. Yeah. Well, I think they do cover this. She got so, a haircut. I mean, they, they they do have. I think even Robert saying, you know, in one episode, everyone doesn't really care for her except for Cora. She's the one who kind of like vouches for her. So I think that kind of just works mm-hmm. in her favor. Yeah. So there. This is a straight up Barrow. O'Brien heel fest to this episode. Yeah. Uh, and this was a, a great, uh, a very memorable Bates subplot in this episode. Yeah. Uh, one we've called back to many times, but where he gets framed uh, or he, there's an attempted framing of him nicking a bottle of wine or no. Well, he doesn't get framed for that. No, it's a snuff box. Yeah. He, he, he catches Barrow. Mm-hmm. And this shows, I think, the, I think this shows that O'Brien is more attempting to be the master manipulator, and Barrow is still kind of under her learning tree, mm-hmm. because Barrow is stealing the bottle of wine, mm-hmm. and Bates kind of walks in and, and maybe sees it, maybe doesn't, kind of thing, doesn't comment, just kind of carries on, and O'Brien's like, well, we got to get him handled first in the <laughs> event that he snitches on you. I mean, do you think Bates saw him? Yeah, I do. Yeah, because it's because it, he mentions to Anna. He's like, "I'm not going to be a narc. I'm, I'm. It's not in my character to do that." Also, Thomas does the the poorest job of hiding. He stole a, a bottle of wine. You know, he he grabs it and then just stands at a, a side length profile. Yeah, and he like puts it. It's like a kid. It's like in Super Bad or something. They're trying to steal a forty ounce or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he just kind of hides it behind his back a little bit, and it's just like, "Why are you standing sideways looking at me?" <laughs> okay, all right, Thomas, you do your thing. <laughs> So, uh, yes, O'Brien is like, you need to get on top of this now. Right. So, And how is that? To steal the beloved, one of the beloved snuff boxes of Robert. And I think... Which I've since learned... Looking back on it... La- it, last, time we, it is, last time we did this episode, I didn't know what a snuff box was, but we've come to learn what that is. Yeah. It, and he's got like a collection of them. Right. And this is a very easy thing to steal. Yeah. Because 
they're all lined up in a row. So if mm-hmm. something is missing, it's very apparent that it's missing. Right. And there's tobacco in it, right? That, that's what we learned what yeah. Snuffbox was. Yeah. Which is kind of hard to see because... Like dip. Yeah, because Robert's a cigar smoker, if anything we've learned over, over the series. I, I think at this point in time, every sort of... Everyone has snuff. High box. class vice is they have to dabble in in some capacity. <laughs> what? So before they're out going playing, uh, what is it? The the cricket game or whatever they're they're playing in the yard. He just takes a little bit of dip and puts it inside his mouth or something. <laughs> I mean, he might. I mean, I'm sure he has a ceremony for when he has to dip. Okay. All right. <laughs> Washes his hands and puts his fingers in there and puts it in his mouth. Okay. Yeah, he uh, spits. <laughs> yeah. In front of Cora, just <laughs> Let's get him. Um. But how does Bates get himself out of this tricky situation? With the help of Anna, they just jump in front of it. Anna just knows. She just knows something's up. She she catches O'Brien with a dress, you know, with, or whatever. I don't know. Of Sybil's, right? That she had to clean or something. And she just knows something's off. Yeah, and she and, and O'Brien's kind of ragging on Sybil's sense of fashion mm-hmm. and what's the point? This looks old-fashioned as it is. Yeah. And... They know something is up. Mm-hmm. And so she just recommends to Bates to get them before they, they, they he gets him because Carson makes an announcement that one of the stuff boxes has gone missing. <laughs> yeah, well, Anna says to Bates, it's in your room. Find it. Right. And then we'll take care of it. It's also funny we get the character note of Bates saying, I hate when these kinds of things happen. Like, when your boss's stuff goes missing, you hate that? You, like, he really passionately feels that way about it. Okay, Bates. You're, this is just goes to show how noble of a guy he is and really just builds the character from these little character beats. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And and we don't see any pilfering around the house until the movie, right? What do you mean pilfering around the house? Stealing, picking up, take, pickpocketing. Yeah, not, not really. Young Peg. Right. Well, that never happened, really. Yeah, but then we see in the the movie that outsider is stealing from all the rich people. Right. And whose subplot is that? Anna, Detective Anna. She's she's just good at finding snitches, you know. Yeah. Um. Well, no, she's the snitch. She's just good at finding, yeah, finding. Well, she finds these these people out, and she calls them out, and she puts them on blast. She does. So. Yeah, I think was how, how does it come to a head at the end of the episode? Like. They're sitting oh, in the, Bates, the, Bates, the kitchen. Bates recommends and, to search their rooms. To which, he says, why don't we search everybody's room? Let, I'm sure we got nothing to hide. Then we'll find out who has it. And Carson's like, all right. Thomas and O'Brien, they and know what's up. <laughs> they they get up immediately. It's like a cartoon. There's like smoke behind where they left. Right, exactly. And you get the comedic shot of, you know, Hughes opening the door to O'Brien's room completely torn apart because <laughs> she's clearly trying to find where it was. <laughs> Yeah, and you would think that at this point they would say, "Wait a second. All right, you're up to something. You're Get a slap on the wrist." Fire. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> no Vince McMahon or anything like that. Nope. I mean, if she was canned here, then there would be a fourth Crawley child. Right. Right. So those are, are a couple of big plots downstairs. It's uh, it's, really it, it, it's interesting how the show has so much going on downstairs in the, this early this the season because I feel like as the show moves on later. It becomes the Mary and Edith show for a good portion of the last couple seasons with mm-hmm. the horrible Anna stuff, the only thing to really break up stuff, and then maybe some Thomas. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's four and five is Anna yeah. and Mr. Green. And mm-hmm. 
Bates in jail, that whole rigor rigmarole. It's two and three. Uh, but well, yeah. Bates is in jail three. in three, and then Anna's in jail in. <laughs> I forgot about that. Four, four, four and yeah, five whatever. or so. But like, this is a. There's four plots going on downstairs in this episode. That's crazy. Because mm-hmm. aside, so we have what? Daisy. Anna and Bates and in Barrow and O'Brien. Yep, Daisy. Daisy. Gwen is getting, getting Gwen. She's getting a job. Hopefully, she's going. And in Gwen for an is interview. also tied up with Anna as well. Right, because they're cleaning the room while Daisy has a spell. <laughs> or Gwen has a spell. Well, Gwen has another spell. Well, cause... Daisy has the spell, but right. Gwen gets the day off for faking having a spell. Right. She she, she like uses what you know. Uh, Daisy got caught with, or it happened to Daisy. And like Carson is the one who like asks, asks what's going on. And she's like, Oh, I'm having a spell as if there's this massive hauntings going on in the house now where people just can't get yeah, Imagine day. Daisy's head. She's like, Oh no, this is serious. Yeah. If more people are having Gwen's this going down too, Pamuk's coming for all of us. <laughs> They're really putting the pook and spooked. We got to hide <laughs> time for a new job. Where do they hide in Downton? Just like in the cupboards or something? Yeah, from from Pamuk's ghost. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um. Right. So so yeah, we're right in the throes of Sybil helping Gwen to get a job. Uh, mm-hmm. Still, and it's funny. So we've watched episode one. We've watched episode three. We've watched episode five and our, our rewatches. None with Leech. None with uh with Tom. Yeah, they just mentioned Branson pulling the car around. Yeah. Funny. He must have been on a part time yeah. contract that first season or something. Uh, yeah, maybe he's like a Jesse Pinkman. Like they didn't know how how much they wanted him. Or a Chris Pratt and Parks and Rec. Like we could write him off if we don't want him here anymore. And, nope, <laughs> bigger and better. Uh, so anyways, though, it's funny for for this episode. I think on SoundCloud the image was of them falling in mud, which is like, yep, this is one of the smallest plots of the episode in some ways. But this is it, it's weird because when Gwen comes back. This is a this is a talking point at that lunch, right? Which may speak to this. So like, when like when we we and I guess I always do the thumbnails. When I put that as a thumbnail, I didn't think twice about that. But it is an important moment, yeah. for Gwen and Sybil. And I think it also speaks to how this is a storyline carried on throughout the season. So it has more mm-hmm. importance because it's just you know been going on. But in this episode, it's just like. All right, here's the wacky adventures of uh, Sybil and Gwen out in the out in the yeah. fields, falling in mud, trying to ask for directions. Uh, the horse is going lame. Horse is going lame, you know. <laughs> uh, and that's all that really happens is she, you know, she does the interview and then you know fakes a spell to get out of it. And and Anna covers for her. Does, does the letter? Wait, I'm trying to remember. Does the letter come at the end of the episode from Sybil saying they want her to come, or it's the beginning of the episode? Yeah, yeah. that's the that's the letter Sybil gets. Yeah. So what's the fourth uh, on down to, uh, under underground plot or whatever or the downstairs? Oh, it's that vision. It's <laughs> Patmore's eyes. She can see. She can see. She can see that she is going blind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, comes out of nowhere. We're over halfway through the episode. It, it's alluded to in the beginning when we find out another friend of the show, Sir Anthony, is coming over and he has a mm-hmm. specific dessert dish that he wants. And she's like, "No, I'm doing what I want." Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it says, "Well, why? Why won't she take this recipe?" Yeah. So she can't. She can't read. Nope. She she can't. She she's yeah. She's going blind. She this really. Now did, now did you notice that Daisy says, 
I can read it to you. Oh no! Are you saying Did you that? Notice that? Re, are you saying that Julian retconned her stupidity? <laughs> her her uh, not stupidity, but her just uh, lack of education. Her illiteracy. Yeah, her literacy. Yeah, maybe. I would have actually liked to see Daisy read it to her, and it's just it's completely <laughs> wrong. She's reading it to Pat Moore, and it's like that's not what it says at all, Daisy. It would have turned out just as bad as the actual dessert that Pat Moore makes. Yeah, it could have. It could have. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so, anyways, Pat Moore spins around. She does like a really quick heel spin, and then just knocks a chicken on the ground. <laughs> She's like doing like a Michael Jackson spin because a just... cat like rubs up on her leg or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Pat, you gotta slow down when you're in the kitchen. You should know that of anyone. She's just doing that real fast. And this spin. is the only only time in the entire show that we are are privy to the fact that there are barn cats at Downton. Right, and then what makes it worse is the chicken then rolls around the ground, and they just kick some dust off it to to, to then you know serve it upstairs. <laughs> that's something that like later in the show, Barrow or Daisy that are you know screw the system. Mm-hmm. And the the money people, they would be all about that. And current Branson would be all about giving them dirty chicken on the DL. That would some dark chicken, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Some dark meat. Some dark meat. Just some some homestyle seasoning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just rubbed in there a little bit. Um. Yeah, I thought that was gross. I was I was really disgusted by that. And a cat bit it. Did the cat get get, get his teeth in there? The cat's biting like one of the wings. Yeah. Okay. With a drumstick. Maybe Strong got to eat it. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe Edith got it. Look, it all would have gone unnoticed if it wasn't for the fact that they had to get that dessert up there to Strollin. And. Yeah. Well, they had to get that dessert up to everybody. Right. And she gets. She, and she puts some little. She thinks it's sugar, but it's actually salt <laughs> on the thing. Good God. Uh, yeah. So. Strahlin has the overreaction of the century where he almost chokes on his dessert because of whatever salt or stuff she puts on there. He can't even get the words out. <laughs> but we see we see the shot. She's like, it's it's like a salt bay sort of sprinkling. Uh-huh. She doesn't put like three tablespoons right. on the it. The dude is stroking out to this freaking small amount of salt that she put on there. This is where his arm goes limp. This is like some some prequel. Yeah, he's like a second away from like coughing up blood like Robert. Like it's, it's just, Be easy, man. It, yeah, you know, but it wouldn't be that salty. That it, Is sweet and salty not a thing in the 19... whatever teen this is? I didn't even look. Right. You, you think it's like a thing where... If, it reminds me of when you have a family member who's making a scene somewhere and they really want to make a stink of it. So they just overreact, you know, just a step beyond than they need to. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, Strong, what's going on, man? Yeah. Yeah. So any- And then Cora swiftly with the bring fruit, bring cheese, bring anything to take this taste away. Yeah, like he's going to die from whatever he ate. Um but he's the only one that ate it. Well, it's, it's Cora. She put it to her, towards her nose and gave her like oh, a quick yeah. lick to see how it was, and uh, it was not right. So they just bring two plates of fruit and cheese, mm-hmm. and the rest of them, you know, they didn't even starve, so they don't need to get rid of that. They, they don't need a palate cleanser. They even did a classic uh, Carson reaction shot, which I, I love, when he's just like his eyebrows both raised in unison, like, <laughs> love it, love it. Um. And you really just, I, I, you miss these old beats where Carson's just doing his job as a boss, where he's talking to Pat Moore. You can tell there's a relationship that they've worked together for years and concern. That's a good, that's a good moment. Yeah. 
What's going wrong? And, and there are certain characters that you think are almost better as uh, side players that don't need plots as much as they need to help move plots along. Mm-hmm. And in the infancy of the show, we see Carson sort of the patriarch downstairs who doesn't need the spotlight. Right. Yeah. So either way, Pat Moore, he, he says she needs to go see a doctor. And she's like, I don't need a doctor to tell me I'm going blind. But... I mean, you could also get to see the doctor just to have him tell you something else probably than you're going blind, right? Like, maybe yeah. maybe there's hope, Patmore, you know? And as we know, she goes blind. Yeah. She, the rest of the show, a blind cook. It's kind of crazy how she pulls it off, too. Yeah, she doesn't even wear glasses. She just walks, she's just blind. And then she teaches Daisy how to read, too, which is crazy. <laughs> she's blind. Yeah. Uh, teachers, are, teachers are braille. Uh, it's great. Um, so that's most of downstairs, I think. Yeah, basically. I mean, the I one thing that I noticed about downstairs mm-hmm. is there aren't like we see Gwen and Anna have each other's backs. Yeah, we don't see Anna establish another real friendship like that once Gwen leaves. Well, it's because they bring in a lot of these young girls, and I can see how it's like harder for her to be busy with them. And then she's also just wrapped up in Bates drama. The man, they're own. yeah, and I guess we see like Mosley has a crush on her. Right. Well, that, I think it's still season one actually, but. Uh, she uh, she gets wrapped up with Mr. Green. We do know that. That's true. It's not funny. But it, it is it is a very um, it's an enjoyable friendship, Gwen and Anna, where yeah. Gwen's like, oh no, Anna's got my back. Right. Well, also We're Anna good. becomes tight with Mary too, which is the big relationship that comes to the fore. Yeah, yeah, but there's still that class difference between them. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's downstairs. What else is going on upstairs? Uh, aside from the flower show, there's a little bit of a romance trouble, I guess, or a drama. I mean, it's afoot. the ongoing drama of the whole season between Mary and Matthew and Edith in- injecting herself in between. Yeah, and we see that uh, Isabel references the church trip that they all took, that Edith, Matthew, and Isabel took. Mm-hmm. And she says... You know, like, I think Edith has the hots for you. And Matthew's like, no, no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> She's barking up the wrong tree. Mm-hmm. And then Matthew says, well, I hope there's a right tree to bark up. Or does Isabel say that about Edith's? I think uh, I think Isabel. They're really, they're, they're setting the tone for her to be a spinster very early oh, yeah. on I mean, in that, the show. That's, that's it, yeah. Um, but the, the yeah, the, the big thing here is, well, the, the one thing actually I love is that they is well, okay. So so there's concern over Mary being ruined because of this whole Pamuk scandal, and they're, mm-hmm. I love how they hype up Rosmond because we haven't seen Rosmond yet in the show. She doesn't show up until the finale of season one, and you know they just talk about the letters that they're receiving from from Rosmond about how she hears that things aren't going well for Mary and that even Evelyn Napier isn't interested anymore and stuff. Yeah, he's off the market. He's off the market, and I, I just like how they're hyping. Rosmond as a, as a pot stirrer, which she is. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Mary's like, you're telling me I can be alone with a lot of money in a big house by myself? Yeah. Like, did she did she did she forecast what would happen a hundred years later with the coronavirus? Being alone in a giant house on, with lots man. of money, like that's a dream come true. Nope, <laughs> I don't think so. Well, if you had a big house, yeah, maybe I don't I don't think so, but maybe. <laughs> uh, so anyways, though, uh. Cora even suggests to, to Robert that maybe Strawn is the answer for Mary and Robert. Nope. The dude's as old as him. At least my age and dull as paint. Isn't that the truth? 
Uh, I kind of find it funny that even Cora is suggesting that, though, that it's an option. It's drawing. Like, come on. Carlisle is a way better option than Anthony. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Strawn's there later. Trying to trying to talk Mary's ear off about industrial farming and stuff. Which, I hate to break it to you, Anthony, she's a few years off from being interested in, farm, in farming. She gets there, but not not yet. <laughs> yeah, if only Ant- Anthony, like, in the later seasons, we see him looking over, like, a hill with binoculars. Like, ah, I knew it. Uh... I knew I left Edith at the altar for a reason to get married. Right. Uh, but anyways, when, if only when Antine has this oh god moment or whatever, <laughs> uh, Mary and Matthew are just snickering uh, at each other, just laughing about it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because Edith, Edith like latches in with Antony because, as we know, Edith falls in love with him, mm-hmm. and Mary and Matthew are kind of hitting it off for the umpteenth time at this point in the show where it's like maybe there's a world where these two can give it a go right to the point where robert asks matthew about it Mm -hmm. and he's you know it's essentially like wwe he's like you know never say never right it's not over yet um but edith gets in the way she she thinks that mary is jealous of her and strollin you know getting on at the table yeah. So Mary, you know, she wants to prove her point like, no, Edith, you don't you don't have any chance against me. She's she cozies up to, to Strawn as he's reading the book. A music music book or whatever or something, or I think it was something about farming. A farm the dude had, the dude was a bore, jeez. It's like a it's like a children's book. It's, God. It's like, here's a picture of a tractor. It's actually Curious George he's reading. Oh ah, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoa, I found Walter. Whoa. Um which creates the most bizarre moment of the episode where both Matthew and Edith are jealous of Mary and Strawn. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, God. Like, but then Matthew just like, this is a small enough party that I could just straight up Irish exit and he just leaves. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm bouncing. I, I got an inheritance to go, you know, count some money on. Uh, and, yeah, Edith, you know, she's going to get even because O'Brien gets in her ear about the whole stuff. And she's gonna in a great scene where where Edith is like O'Brien, get out! I'm handling this. Yeah, let me take it in my own hands. Daisy, you tell me what's up. It's okay, Daisy. There's, the ghost will go away if you tell me. <laughs> ghost, go away. And then they leave. And we see. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, so uh, so Edith is gonna. We we see there's bigger repercussions from that that letter that uh, Edith sent sends. Oh yeah. And it carries on for much longer than, than anyone would expect. Yeah, I mean, Edith is definitely in heel mode for sure. Yeah. But she's also kind of, you feel for her a little bit. She takes it too far with the letter. Yeah, I don't really feel for her at all, man. Like, what, what, she's jealous of Mary with with Strahlin. She's trying to make Mary jealous by talking up Strahlin. Just stay out of this whole old man's business. No, I don't think she's trying to make Mary jealous. I think she wants to talk up Strahlin because she she likes Strahlin. We know for a fact that she likes the weird cousin. Yeah, who I mean, died in the Titanic. Maybe she, yeah, earnestly, yeah, she does actually feel bad for for Strahlin eating a bad dessert. Well, she's talking to him about agriculture before. She says right. she wants to go check out the farm. She wants to check out churches, farms, man, like. <laughs> I bet you she, she's a woman about town. She, she was. She knows. She was an early investor in Church's Chicken. I bet you. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. She 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 ate that a bunch. I bet you. Uh, but 
Yeah, I mean, she does go, does go to a farm in season two and then break up a marriage there, so almost breaks Yeah, and she, and she goes on joyrides with Anthony. She, I mean, we know exactly what happens with her and Sir Anthony. There's a, a long story coming up She there. ends up becoming a woman about town, essentially. <laughs> uh, yeah. With her reputation. Uh, so anyways, that, that's Edith, just in full Edith motive. This is where you get all the caricatures of like, oh, Edith, you know, she, she's just the, you can pile on her for just being that annoying sister and everything. But you get where yeah. she's coming from. I mean, Jul- Julian does not like her in the beginning, I don't think. No, the way Robert even talks about her, or like the parents even talk about her, they, they just feel like, ugh, you know, about her. Yeah, they're just passing, you know, she's she'll get the table scrap she deserves. Right. Um, Is there anything else this episode? Oh, well, I mean. The flower show, duh. Yeah. Uh, it kind of is like a small plot, I think, too, <laughs> this whole episode. There's like yeah, three well, scenes. It, it's. There's no real plot involving Cora and Robert, again, in the same sort of Carson role. Let them be the ringleaders and sort of move things along around them. Mm-hmm. Draw your eye to the the real story. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the, Which is... And did you notice Molesley Mo, is noticeably less dopey in this? Yeah. Well, because he has a job. <laughs> and... He has a job he has a, in the movie, and he's he's the dope, dopiest dope in the movie. It's like he has self-respect in this episode, and then at some point he just loses it magically. <laughs> yeah. uh, His self-esteem just goes away one day. Yeah, whenever Anna shot him down, that was the trajectory of uh, Molesy's, like career of having some sense of worth. <laughs> uh, yeah, and his father, who uh, comes back a couple times when he's unemployed, mm-hmm. is just a, like a, a, a yes-and kind of character. It's like, do you like those roses? Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, Nod. it's funny how his dad has straight up white hair. And Mosley is, we know, in his 50s. And it's just like, he, how much is he actually coloring that hair to keep up, like, keep away the white, as white can get hair that his dad has? That's true. Well, now Mosley is in his late 40s? Because how old yeah. is he at the end of the show? He's like 52? He doesn't quite reveal it. I think they do that, that math game where he says around the age where he's at, but he doesn't say exactly. Yeah, it's him and his. Uh, and what, whatever her name is, I yeah. forget, uh, Baxter. Yep. And they're talking about his age when he dyes his hair blue. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice to see that relationship. I Honestly, in my mind, I'd reckon that this was Mr. Mason where this all happened, but it wasn't Mr. Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mosley. It was Mr. Senior Mosley. Uh, Senior Mosley. Yeah, he, just perennial loser of best bloom in the village uh, to the Dowager. Yeah. And we see Isabel doing Isabel stuff. Mm-hmm. She's like, of course I got to win. Just says, which is, I think, a fun scene because we see this sort of innocence of Isabel learning this community mm-hmm. where she's like, who won last year? I was like, oh, the Dowager did. And she's like, oh, that's great. Congrats. What about the year before? Oh, well, the Dowager did. Yeah. Oh, okay. And this is the kind of episode that people remember about the Dowager. Like, oh, that one with the flowers because... She's such a rapscallion, but then I kind of, I mean, was it, um, what's, um, was it Isabel? Yeah. It has like kind of talks to her to give her a change of heart a little bit. And then she comes back around. Yeah, and and I, th- I think it's Isabel's presence is rubbing off on, on the dowager and she mm-hmm. doesn't want to own up to it. Right. Exactly. And so she does the right thing by the end. She, she, she just lets Mr. Mosley win. She she reads she says his name instead of reading hers. Yeah, and I like that the flower show itself is like four scenes, and each scene is like this 
it's like two scenes that are the same of them talking about setting it up and, and Isabel or Violet winning by default and, and because of her status. Mm-hmm. And then two scenes of people walking around at the flower show just looking. Yeah. It's just an excuse for more costumes and colors, which is I'm fine with. This episode popped in terms of colors with the clothes they wore and everything. Yeah, yeah the Dowagers goes through what, like purple and blue and white. Green. Speaking uh, of Peacock. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, though, because, yeah, this is like a, a hallmark episode for, for the Dowager. And it just reminds me of how much I like Maggie Smith, the person. Because in every ep- interview I've seen with her about Downton Abbey, she just doesn't seem to care at all about the fandom or that people love her and everything. She just kind of like lets it be its own thing. And man, I feel like Harrison Ford. Yeah. I wish more of Hollywood was like that. Cause I feel like too often today you see your favorite celebrities and everything trying to dial it up for fan love on social media and stuff. <laughs> she doesn't have any time for that. She doesn't care that you love her. She knows you do let it be that. <laughs> and it's so nice. It's refreshing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and all the Harry Potter fans are, are, just as thrilled as the time. I'm sure fans. she could not care less about Harry Potter. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It came into her life when she was already in her 60s. She's already lived a full life. She doesn't care about that. She she cares about those those trucks back and the the money into her driveway. Yeah, but that's about I'm it. I'm sure she has some friendships, maybe with the actors. Who knows? But yeah, I heard she hangs out with uh, Rupert Grint all the time. I'm sure. I'm sure. Who's soon to be a father? I think I read. Uh, ah. But shout out to her. Shout out to Rupert Grint. <laughs> great, great for all of them. Um, but I think that's this episode in a nutshell, right, Dave? Yeah, a long 40-something minute nutshell. Yeah, did anything else stand out to you about this? Not particularly. One thing... It's 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 a nice... It's kind of like... Um, you know the Simpsons episode with Mr. Sparkle? Yeah. With the Simpsons, Where everybody yeah. remembers Mr. Sparkle, but it, that's the B-plot of the episode. Right. This, this is... The, the flower show is the same phenomenon where... This is definitely a mid-season Downton episode moving a lot of plots along and still kind of establishing these characters in their world, but we all pop for the flower show. And it reminds me, like I've said before, like I think season one's my favorite and the further away I get from it, the more I'm not sure. But when you watch an episode like this and they have so much crammed into it that's every single A, B, C, D, E plot is entertaining, the show's just firing on all cylinders. This is why I think season one is- Oh, absolutely. Gotta be up there as one of the peaks of the show. Um, one thing that's it doesn't the exposition isn't so heavy either. I know it's we know it's what episode five, so we still have two after this. But we already know about Daisy and Patmore are established to the point that we feel for Daisy getting attacked, right? And it's unjustly one of those things where they have that brief flashback, so kind of recaps everything you need to know about what's going on with Daisy. I feel like the show falls so often into a rut in later seasons where they have to re-explain things that happened before or make references to things. Where it's, it's like, you don't have to remind me of, of all this, you know, just maybe show a brief recap or something before the episode. I don't need them to explain what happened to Anna every episode for two seasons. Oh, yeah, especially later. Yeah. Um, one thing stood out to me that was weird was everyone goes to attend this flower show and Anna and Bates are walking down the road and then a, a truck rolls by and Bates takes them up on an offer to hop on the wagon and then go to the, the flower show. As we see... Is Bates that lame? Does he really need that wagon to take him all the way there? <laughs> hey, who knows? And that's also a scene that plants the seed about his wife. What? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Because because Anna's like, how come we can't? You know, there's something here. Mm-hmm. And Bates is like, yeah, but you know, I'm a mysterious guy. Eh? There's some secrets, right? And she's like, what are they secrets? Are you married or something? And he's like, 
let me hop on this truck <laughs> as he pulls so away. Long. So it's like one of those Velcro suits. He just jumps on and keeps going yeah. away. So, so maybe he uh, he's overplaying how bad his leg is there because he just wants to get away from it. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he clearly doesn't need the, 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 the cane at one point as we see in prison. So it's just... Uh, oh, yeah. All right. And we see he's a... He looks young. I think... Coyle. I, I thought he aged pretty well, all things considered. Yeah, but he still does look 10 years younger than he is currently. Granted, that is literally the timeline. Yeah. Uh, that, he's a uh he looks like he'd beat you up oh absolutely yeah robert has not aged a day at all over the course of the show his hair's a little thinner that's it thinner i thought it was thicker now then oh yeah that then it is thicker oh. it is thinner now oh okay yeah 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 but he's still great hair to hair uh oh yeah any any good quotes from the episode dave uh let me see good uh, god <laughs> I know it's not ladylike to say it when she tells Bates I love you and he says or and he says you are a lady to me. Ah. That's that's just that's how you win over people. There's the they say the dowager says is she going to be sacrificed at the altar of Molesley? <laughs> yep. She is. <laughs> uh and you know that's where Julian starts thinking the cult of Molesley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I like that uh I like that Robert like appreciates his mom doing that by the end of the episode like you did a nice thing there <laughs> yeah there's a big old oh even though she could take her victory and walk away because right. she's the queen of the town yeah but uh overall was this a good episode dave oh yeah great episode definitely great episode absolutely so let's do the power rankings yeah, I did not reference my last power rankings for for the sake. I know, so that's good. So some consistency. Who do you have on the bottom? I got uh, Matthew at number three. Okay. He he's put out for a night. You know he he's losing to Anthony Strawn. Dude, get some get get yourself together. Come on, man. You're better than this. And also, I mean, I I bag on him too much, but I forgot how doughy Matthew looks back in the day, <laughs> and he really has a glow up. So you know he's down there because you know how much better it gets for him. <laughs> Oh yeah, I get so much better for Matthew for a couple of years. Well, I got I got Barrow and O'Brien rounding out the bottom because they're scheming and they don't get caught. Yeah, scheming but and they scuffling. They don't win. They're scheming and scuffling, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, number two, I got Patmore. She's going blind. <laughs> There's nothing she can do about it. All right, that's fair. Yeah. At two, I got Matthew because. You know, he's thinking this. He got Robert talking to his fairy tale boy, mm-hmm. and nope, Strahlin. Yeah, dull as paint. Shows him up. <laughs> it's the greatest night of Anthony Strahlin's life at the Umpa Till now. Absolutely, absolutely. Aside from that dessert, yeah. Uh, number one is the Dowager. She loses her competition for the first time in years. Doesn't matter if she has a moral victory. She lost. Sorry, Dowager. Well, I I got I got I think Pat Moore's got the worst week. She's going she blind. ruins it. She she ruins the dinner, and she throws Daisy under the bus. Yeah, and she doesn't want to go to the doctor. I mean, how long does it take them to get her to the doctor? I feel like that happens in the next episode. <laughs> hey, she's known she's been going blind. Yeah, the, she, I, yeah. And if only we could have seen her take directions from someone who's illiterate. Also, how long does that go for? Where like you can see her going blind because you don't go blind like that overnight. So it's like a thing she's what's like had to know for like years. Carson with his shakes. Yeah, right. He, he, they just don't tell anyone. 
it's like a plot device and then it's gone. Right. And he's serving in the movie like it's nothing. Um, all right. In terms of going up, I have honorary, honorary mentions because there's just too much to like. Mm-hmm. Oh, go for it. I would say Rosamund. Just because I forgot how they hype her showing up eventually. And when she shows up, it's like, oh, shoot, this is Rosman. This is who we've been hearing about, who's been stirring the pot a little bit from far away and up in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Green Night Robes. There's a, there's a scene here where Robert shows up to talk to Sybil in the middle of the night. And he's wearing, or is it Sybil or Mary? I don't know. But he's wearing this green night robe that is like the most baller jacket I've seen that you could sleep in. It has this really thick, like, you know, collar around it. I highly advise anyone to look it up when they when they watch the episode. He is wearing the nicest green night robe I've ever seen. So this garment gets an honorable mention? Yeah, absolutely. All right. <laughs> it almost cracked my top three. It almost did. Wow. wow. I was a big fan of it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, who's number three, Dave? I got Isabel at number three. Because all she Get does is nudge, here. and she, she, she puts the dowager in check. She lost, man. Oh, Isabel. Oh, wait. No, I get Isabel and Dowager's name confused all the time. You're correct. Isabel had a good week. Yes. Yes. Well, who do you have at number three? I got Anthony Strawn, man. He had a great night. (laughs) (laughs) Aside from the dessert, he got two women. Throw him a bone now because we know what happens. Right. You got two women feeding for him, and and then, you know, Matthew is also jealous of him. And and the other thing, too, is I kind of feel for Strawn because I know he walks out on Edith. But she's the one who's tagging along the whole way, even though he knows it ain't right. And she's there from the jump trying to get, pull him in when it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to work. Yeah, and we know she's younger than Mary. So she's, she's what, 18, 19 years old, something like Barely, that? She's yeah. not 20. Right. And she's going for this dude who's at least 50. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do. I, Weird. I do like that they have that one line where, Mary, the world is changing, but it, you're, it's not changing fast enough for you. Because it's just like. Oh, yeah. You know, we know you shouldn't be with a strong guy, but things just aren't going quite where you where it needs to be yet. Just wait till you meet this old newspaper man. <laughs> that also your life is going to change everything, right? Yes. Uh, who's number two, Dave? I got Bates and Anna. A nice little tie. Okay, I got Bates. I got Bates alone. Okay, Anna helps out with Gwen, and Bates is sleuthing and does not narc on Thomas. Right. I mean, and then the, together they they uncover the snuff box mystery pretty effectively. Yeah, I just think it's a good Bates one where he just he just wins. He just, yeah, he just walks in, does his stuff, and le- cuts his promo and leaves. Right. He found the snuff box. Box. I mean, Anna gave him the tip, but he found the snuff box on one good leg. Yeah, and, Andy gets to go on a hayride. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Good for Bates. But. Who's number one, Dave? It's 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 the mute Mosley. Yeah, senior Mosley. Absolutely. <laughs> he he got to win. That's true. He got to win. And we'll never see him again except for maybe a couple times. <laughs> yeah, when his son is laying tar. Right, when his son is falling apart. they start going to his house all the time. Well, he lives with his dad. That's what happens. Yeah, that's right. Man, hard times for uh for Mosley's there. Um, what should we cover next, though, Dave? What, what, what down should we revisit? Do we want to leave it up into the fans until next week? Because we might lose the stream next week. So let's well, try to watch one well, more episode yeah, at least. Yeah, we'll have it next week. And yeah, then we'll lose it for who knows how long after that. So Yeah, I know. And we're running a little long, but we've had some really good suggestions on to episodes about Downton that are not episode breakdowns. Yeah. And we are taking everything into account. 
and I think I just wanted to get the, the cobwebs out of my brain about Downton before we do a little deep dive into these characters. And, and we still keep, and I'm, we still keep getting recommendations for other shows to watch too. I, that's true. I, while, while we were talking here, Dave, I got a text from our friend Amanda telling us to watch Poldark uh, for the podcast. Yet another person telling us to watch Poldark. Okay. Which are, I think well, there's we do have, way we too many do episodes. Have, <laughs> there's a lot of Crown. There's a lot of Crown. Tw- Ten more. At least. And Belgravia will be around at some point. Right. Oh, there's 43 episodes of Poldark? That's not that bad. But still, it's it's still that's, ongoing. That's several years. I mean, we got nothing but time, brother. <laughs> that's true. Who knows how long coronavirus is going to be around. Well, we're also going to be doing this podcast for a while, probably. <laughs> that's true. Ideally. That's true. Well... Yeah. We this has been a delight to revisit Downton Abbey mm-hmm. in any capacity. Yep, and I'm definitely down. You know, maybe Tofton next week. I love to do that. Do you want you want to say sorry, fans? Yeah, sorry, fans. Unless somebody can say do something better than Tofton, we're going to Tofton Town next. We're, week. we're Tofton up, and that's where I think Jimmy gets a stroke out and uh, some other fun things that week. Doctor Clarkson gets a little a little lubed up, <laughs> just a little bit, just a little, just a little bit. All right. Well, I mean, is there any other recommendations today for people to watch on TV? Anything? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I would say, you tell us. Apparently, Poldark. Apparently. Apparently. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, there's not, I can't give any recommendations because I just finished Run on HBO and that was about as, oh. that was dull. Yeah, I heard that wasn't good at all. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I jumped in episode one. I said, let's ride this through. It's it's quarantine. I can put up with it. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I mean, I said it before. I've been using the Peloton app a little bit for some exercises. Great videos on there. Do some exercises. I'm, that's not, we should do reviews of those videos, I'm, not the exercises themselves. I've literally turned into that woman that was uh, made fun of from the commercial who's crying from being so happy from having Peloton. I, I just... That's, that's good. Hey, Big good. fan. Big fan. But it, yeah. Anyways. We'll find you next time here. Instagram, Gmail, Twitter, Facebook. Find us. Yeah, if you have ideas or, or anything like that. <laughs> About life, anything? Yeah, I mean, it, like we have a lot of show ideas. We have some format ideas. I think we're trying to tool things so we can cover our bases in, in the best tone possible for the Lord to grant them. Yeah. So keep and them we'll coming. Five stars if you if you haven't done it yet. And... Stay stay healthy, stay happy, all that fun stuff. Yep. Till next time. Uh so long.